One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Sometimes golf is a pain in the butt. You hit your ball in the and then you live out the park But if you've got a little time and come and spend it with us Cause now you're listening to the Rough Cut Hello, hello, hello and welcome down to the Rough Cut Golf Podcast On this momentous day We can officially declare the golf season open As the Masters has come to its conclusion And everyone is primed, ready and raring to get on the fairways to make that ball go in the hole. <laughs> Guys, <Yeah>. welcome uh, <laughs> Jacob uh. and Mick. That is essentially as, all it is though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just explain golf. Um, Kieran is not with us. He is about to go on holiday to Italy, so he's abandoned the team in favour of preparing his Aperol spritzes. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that is that what old Brooks losing on the final day and doesn't want to turn up to work? <laughs> no, 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 hold like, on, hold it? on, hold on. The last time Kieran went to Italy, all he had was Guinness. <laughs> yeah, but I, th- I think this is more of a sophisticated wedding. It's gonna going to be a wedding, to. yeah. 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 So yeah. there'll be far, far fewer Aperol spritzes. Absolutely. Before we launch into dissect what happened this week in Augusta, Georgia, it is beholden on us to let you know that there is an amazing video which has just come out Mm. on our challenge. The Golf Bidder Challenge is back, ladies and gentlemen. After a three-year hiatus, we are picking our clubs in the Golf Bidder Warehouse, which you can check out via this link here and on the main channel at Peter Finch Golf. However, however, Mm. that is not what you're here to see, to listen to, to be a part of. It's all about the Masters. And what do we think? Guys, did you enjoy watching? Did you manage to catch it all? Yes. um, I caught as much as was possible to catch, having also driven to Market Harborough, driven to London, and then driven back to Manchester over the course of the three days of the weekend. Um, But yeah, I caught quite a lot of it, in, in fact, much more than... Much more than I thought I was going to be able to to get. Mm. I think the the time uh, the time made it kind of much more doable this time around. Yeah. Mick is a, a long distance haulage driver in his spare time. <laughs> yeah, I drive <laughs> just um, a hobby. I drive one of those Eddie Stobarts. Right. Yeah. So if you ever see me, just do this, and I'll I'll honk the horn. Now that was um, I thought it was a good tournament. It was. I wouldn't say any more than that. Just good. Just good. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I was, I had a, a full weekend birthday party to attend. Wow. Which I, it's my sister and brother-in-law's full birthday. Like days apart. Yeah, well, it's, it's my brother-in-law's 40th and kind of my sister's birthday as well. So they made like a big thing of it. I let my displeasure be known. Yeah. I was a bit of a party pooper. On Master's weekend? It, Just it, wearing a green jacket to the party. Yeah, I, I, must, I must admit, I let, it, uh, I let it be known. But thankfully, they did put it on in the, um, in the living room, oh, so I could yeah. dip back in it. And the main party day was Saturday, which turned out to be a washout anyway. So. Yeah, so yeah, I was going to say, well, one, well. one of the things we were talking about before we um, hit record was that, like, imagine if you had bought your, you've saved your entire life, and you're like, you tell your dad, and like, dad, we're going to the Masters. I've got us a ticket for one day of the Masters, and it ends up to be the Saturday when it's hammering down, mm. and you only see about nine holes worth of, of golf. And unbeknown to you that you're actually endangering yourself because trees are falling all <laughs> oh over God, the place. Yeah. Oh, we, we will get onto that. <laughs> no, we <laughs> will get onto that. Yeah. But let's not start this podcast out with all the negatives from Augusta. Oh, no, absolutely not. No. Let's start out with some of the positives. John Rahm bagged his mm. second major and a green jacket. So halfway to the career Grand Slam. And I would say one of the players out there at the moment who could complete it realistically yeah, is, that, is that the measure now is it like you know there's a few there's there's two two people three people who've done it um so the thing you well in the last 50 years i think there's only three players yeah it was like the last 80 years maybe because like some of these guys were like sarazen for example right okay so we are talking about a very very select number of players yeah. like winning a major in golf is exceptionally hard to do. Mm. Winning four majors is unbelievably hard. Four entirely different majors. Is the absolute pinnacle, yeah. which yeah, is yeah, why yeah. You, know, you don't see that many people do it. You know, you think about the great players from the last 30 years, if you think about Phil Mickelson, how many majors he's won, mm. he could not get that US Open over the line. It's, it's, is it just because those tournaments are so different from each other? Like I can understand like Augusta and you know, St. Andrews being very different styles of golf, but are, are the are the PGA and the US Open much different? Like, how what what do you have what do you have to have to to enable you to do well in all four of those different types of rounds of golf? So each one of those courses is a different test for a start. So we, we all know Augusta. You know, we all know you've got to have amazing short game. Experience of that course is is very important as well. If you think about what happens at the US Open, it's just a brutal test. You know, you've got to have your driving on point. You've got to be accurate. You've got to be long. You've got to have a, a very high threshold of pain in many respects because it is going to test every single aspect of your game. USPJ, not quite sure what that is yet. Right, Still, yeah. it's, it's become more of a shootout. It's actually become probably the most interesting, closely four major over the last few years. And then the Open is so weather dependent. And obviously the conditions mm. of the grass and everything else is so different. So... Each of these tournaments requires a really different skill set, which is why if you do win the Grand Slam, you are considered such a complete golfer. Yeah, it, you have to be able to not only be able to play well over those courses, but also to have like such a such a good group of four rounds of golf on a specific weekend at a specific course and hope that no one else 
you know, has their same their same kind of their same run in that weekend as well. So very rare. Do you reckon? Do you reckon Ram does it before Rory ends up? I was just going to say that you've mm. got you've got three guys now, haven't you? With Mickelson, Spieth, and Rory. Oh, Spieth! I forgot all, about yeah, Spieth. They're all got the opportunity. They're one off. Yeah. Do you think Ram is now the best positioned to actually beat them all? I think he could do it this year if he wanted to. I think I think he could be. Let's not get too carried away from Starlight. Like, I mean, <laughs> well, well, look. I mean <laughs> he could be. Come on. I don't know. He, he's obviously an amazing player and he has just won the Masters and it's very tempting to say whenever any, whenever any player wins a major, how many is he going to win? Yeah, What's like he gonna win? the recency bias is, exactly. is very real. Exactly. And you've got players out there like Rory, who is one step away from the Grand Slam by winning the Masters and we've been sat here for the last decade talking about how he should win, why he should win, and he's still not won. It's it's hard. Yeah. It is really hard to do. But the way that Rahm won it yesterday, yeah. it was... I mean, it was on Sevi's birthday. You had Ollie welcoming him off the green. Yeah, it that was, was cool. It was like a real emotional moment. But to be honest, it, it was a little bit of a procession at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again... It's the second year in a row where someone has been so far ahead that there's kind of not been any real competition coming up 16, 17 and 18. So yeah, it was a bit like, oh, cool, Ram won it. And now he's got three more holes to play. Yeah, it, was, it just felt a bit... I mean, any time that a player has to hit a provisional... <laughs> Off the, off the last yeah. two. God, that's so relatable. I loved it. <laughs> and there's still no threat. If, if you haven't watched it, yeah, basically Ram kind of pulled his last tee shot straight left. It smashed into the trees, popped back. And based off that tee, you are looking at it. it it's 120 yards off that tee max down there. And he couldn't see where it finished. Um, so he had to hit a provisional ball. But when he got down there, like the, <laughs> that camera behind as they walked to the fairway and he had the marshal with like the yellow oh, yeah. flag <laughs> literally looking like he was marshalling a group of 20 handicappers down there <laughs> yeah. oh that was fantastic did they hit the tree and then bounced out into the middle of yeah, the fairway so. which is so typical yeah, of someone who wins a wins a tournament isn't it yeah, that it, like it know. bounced back quite a long way as well right okay but got you it was one of those things and this is so even though he did that i mean you can get into those trees and you can find it so even if he did chipped out and got a bogey still would have won. Oh, it would have been, yeah. Yeah. Would, still would have been comfortable so. yeah you can four putt the last green and We'd, still win them which is the, the, the whole charm with that course and the whole you know the, the things we've seen over the years with guys coming down the stretch and getting to amen corner and you've got three guys four guys all on the same score yeah and that 12 tee shot looks a little bit harder and that approach to 13 looks a little bit harder and the water's always in play yeah but every well for the last two years now we've just got they, they can hit it in the water and they're still fine yeah and it just takes away that element of, of suspense i suppose mm. of that something is going to happen mm. it, it felt like once ram got through 12 12 12 that's the whole, it isn't it yeah towards the hole that can really derail somebody if they yeah. whack it in the water there but once he got through 12 once he hit that for me probably the best shot of that last round was that kind of draw that he hit around oh, the corner awesome, of 13 yeah, yeah. Especially given the fact that how he's just been hitting this power fade the whole oh, way around and then just managed to switch uh, it. Yeah, I know, yeah, he's just he's just you were like early in the year you were like Ram's going to be a problem because he's learned to draw the ball now. Mm, yeah, like, and it, but you could see exactly what, and this is a mark for me of a, a really great player is that you work on a certain aspect of your game for specific moments. So just imagine how many times John Ram, natural fader of the golf ball sees everything pretty much from left to right, would have worked on a specific yeah. shot 
yeah. for that specific moment yeah. for that specific tournament yeah. so he could put himself in a position to win you imagine yeah. he's been like on the on any range he's on, he's like, right, I'm going to draw it off that and imagine I'm, I'm imagine I'm hitting that T-shirt or Augusta mm, because yeah. you're going to come up against it and you know it's required. Like if you hit a fade there, you're in the pine straw or if you hit, yeah, even yeah. if you hit it straight, like you go through the fairway, don't you? So I just, I just love it. I, I love that. I, I just love the thought of John Rahm just grinding for hours and hours and hours and hours <laughs> they, just to figure out a fade for that one shot, a uh, draw for that one shot. They were, they were, they were mentioning how Rahm has gone about trying to hit that draw and they the, the the two things that they were basically talking about is that he's just got to stood a bit a little bit closer to the ball and then just put the ball back in his stance a little bit and that's a bit more forward forward yeah, yeah. All, oh right, okay, yeah forward. so what he's if if you if there's a little bit of a like of a assessment going on of his club head at address is like a foot at at points uh, like mm. way far back from the ball because the ball's like way up in his stance mm. so he can it. he's already turning his hands around by the time he hits it well it, it's a bit of a weird one actually because. When you move the ball, if we're going to get a little bit yeah, come on, let's get technical. Um, if you move the ball, ball further forward in the stance, it's actually harder to move the club more from the inside. Well, that's why I thought it would be back. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what happens is if if you the further you move the ball back in the stance because of the way that angle of attack swing arc works, the club will meet the ball sooner, so it's more likely to be coming from an inside path. Mm. If you move the ball further forward in the stance you're actually more likely to swing outwards to get to it. So the club is more likely to be moving left. So what we're seeing with Rahm is he's moved the ball further forward in the stance. The club is getting there a little bit later. So it's actually moving a little bit more left. So it's effectively a pull draw. Okay. How odd. Yeah. But but the, that's the way he has but, to hit his, yeah, his draw and it works. Yeah. So, so when you see him aiming, his draw shot finishes left is where he's aiming. Whereas you look at Rory his draw finishes where he is aiming just because of like his swing is. Yeah. So he hits it out and it comes back you. to the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it just shows there's a million ways to do it. I mean, when yeah. you watch Hovland play, you know, he aims a long way, right. Cuts across himself and pull plays a pull fade most of the time. Wow. Yeah, this there's a million different ways to, to play this game. Yeah. Um, I think Ram's victory was made slightly easier by the fact that Brooks didn't show up for the last kind of didn't show up for the last Half, round down last the half. half of the it, tournament. You know what? It was it was really disappointing. I think it was. From, I'm not saying anything, by the way. <laughs> from the uh, stay out of it. From the from the ninth hole on the third round. Yeah, which listen, let's be honest. We we know that that the final round, well, the final day was made a lot more complex by the amount of holes they had to play. Yeah, correct. Conditions were obviously very, very, very tough. But he didn't have a birdie from the ninth hole on the third round until the thirteenth hole of the last round and within that he had six bogeys so six over yeah and if you're looking to win a major that's obviously not going to get it done and if to be honest i was a bit i'm very much on the fence with brooks i want to like him yeah but there's something that i just can't quite get around um is net the netflix documentary with him i thought was really weird <laughs> yeah it didn't help did it no like um but i, I just thought the, the one thing you would say about Brooks is that he is a competitor. He is able to show up in those big moments and he just, like the rest of the field really around Rahm, kind of faded. Yeah, mm. You know, it was left to Mickelson, Spieth to make the charges and they were so far back. Mickelson? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Where the exactly. hell did that come from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where did it come from? Because he's been absolutely absurd. Because he's been playing pants all year and then all of a sudden... He just turns it on in the Masters. 
It's obviously, of course, he's got very good memories of. So yeah, 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 that yeah. does. I imagine that would help. Yeah, two guys. They, it, you, you do see this, and we saw that last year with Rory and um, Colin. If you've got two guys playing well with each other on a final day, and they can just sort of pull each other mm. along. I think they both shot six under, seven under for the last day. If you're going back and forth, that's definitely going to help you, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. It's just that momentum. It's, it's yeah. the way that you build off each other. And nothing I, to lose, I guess, as well. Like, they can just go yeah. for it. Just yeah, exactly. take on pins and... You know what? You, you, you're absolutely right there. There's no... If they have a bogey in their mindset at that point, it's like, it's fine. Let's just go get another birdie. Yeah. Like, you, you just got to keep pushing, 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 where someone at the top of the leaderboard may be a bit more defensive. Yeah. Um, and... I think it was. I think that's what made it just slightly. No, I'm not going to say damp squib because that's not the right word, but definitely less exciting than you would expect a Masters to be. Is because all of the challenges came from so far back that we're never going to win. Yeah, yeah, and the, and we'll get into the, our kind of takes on the coverage in a bit, but it did feel like they were like, oh, and of course they should be showing Ram and Kepka because they're kind of battling it out at the top. Mm. But we didn't really see any of those like those people who were making a little bit of a late charge until you're like, oh my gosh, like Phil's six under or seven under. You're like, wow, I haven't seen, I haven't seen him for the entire weekend. Yeah. I saw, saw a lot of speed, saw a lot of his puts kind of drop in. Yeah. Um, but it must be tough because I mean, the broadcasters will, when they're, when they're viewing this stuff, when they're deciding what to show, I think they'll get it. They'll understand like, well, no one's making a charge here. So we've got to stick with the two main guys. Yeah. yeah. And it got to the point where I, I really wanted Ram to win, but it got to the point where I was like, I kind of hope he chucks in a couple of bogeys just to make this a bit more exciting. <laughs> Literally, Jacob was like, just need him to hold, just like lip one of these out. Something's uh, let, let Brooks back in for the last two holes. Well, you talk about the guys that were that were positioned and could have been challenges. There was a point in like five holes in that it was just, it was teeing itself up perfectly. Mm. Rama dropped back, Brooks had dropped back. Yeah. You had Hovland who was still on eight under, then he made that five on the par three, on the six. Oh, Disgusting. That one. Cantley, obviously, you had a bit of a dodgy start, but managed to go back-to-back -back birdies and get himself back to even and six under for the day. And you had a little bit of a of a stake in Cantley because you'd told well, everyone last yeah. week that he was going to win the bloody tournament. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> look, I, I'm still okay with what I said. No, listen, it was look, good. He was there on the last day. His stats, I, I, had a, I had a little bit of a look after. He was third in um, approach play, strokes gained. He was third in approach play off the tee, or tee to green, sorry. It was the putting. That was what let him yeah. down this week, mm. which it, usually is usually a good yeah. strong thing. So, you know, it was also... It happens. <laughs> <can't>, <laughs> so, so I'm sorry if you lost money on Jacob's, yeah. Jacob calling out. We definitely You're with me, so <laughs> if, we'll lose together. If Cantlay won, we definitely would have had a betting partner <laughs> at this point 100%. because of that. Um, yeah. Hey, wait, wait till the USPGA. I've got some right takes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, if Canlay had won, you would have also had, I think, probably the most unpopular major champion um, from a single round of well, golf that we, you may have ever seen. Do we know if he has, has actually finished yet? I don't know. He <laughs> might, is, he, is, he, is he still going? I don't know. Well, we're talking about... We're talking, He's slow. We're yeah. talking about players dragging each other along, and then we talk about players dragging each other down. Mm. There's, I would say, almost no doubt that Hovland's chances... We're not. I'm not saying they were scuppered by the way that Cantley was playing, but it would not have helped Hovland play his best game when mm. Cantley was just being so slow. I mean, it came to a head a little bit. It, it, it was happening all throughout the round where Hovland was effectively so far ahead of Cantley after they were hitting their shots that he, he, you could see he was just waiting for him to get on with it. And by the time they got to the 13th, Cantley was still walking down the fairway 
and Hovland had got he, to he the green like and the played bridge, his chip. Wasn't he? <laughs> he not even crossed the bridge. Did he not? Literally not even crossed the bridge. And you could see him walking in the background and Hovland was playing his shot in just a very blatant hurry. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is just getting stupid. And it was becoming more and more apparent. People were getting more and more annoyed about it. And they, they should be. Like, you, you shouldn't be taking five hours to as a two ball to finish around. Yeah, and and I think it also played into um into Ram's hands a little bit because Brooks is like known for being very fast, mm. for playing really quickly. And Ram just had this like laser focus the entire time. So they were getting so Hovland and Cantley were slow, so which meant that they were getting slowed down. And then, you know, Ram's like, great, I just, you know, apparently went to the toilet seven times or whatever yeah. over the course of the round, which is a great tactic. You know, if you're trying to slow roll, if you're trying to, you know, not be stood there for five or six minutes before you hit, you know. He, he went to the toilet seven times. And I think he put, put, put down like 37 sandwiches. Every well, he, time he they cut to him, he was munching yeah. down a sandwich every time <laughs> I saw it. It was <laughs> off the tea, munch, yeah. off the tea, munch. Yeah, it's just anything to take your mind off the fact that you are waiting for the group in front of you. But then like... You know, Ram maybe had that laser-like focus, and and Kepka just couldn't handle the fact that they were having to wait on every. They were sat down on a bench. Yeah, having chinwag, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> just having a chat. And you could, I think, if you're listening to this, uh, you probably find the picture. We'll try and find it on the podcast as well. If you're watching the video version um, of <laughs> of Ram and Kepka waiting on the uh, 16th tee. Yeah. Um, for Cantley to put out and like they were waiting for like five minutes and you just see the looks the look on Brooks's face is an absolute picture that's mm. great it's just he's not impressed what's the like what's the rules because there's the in order to to make the game more exciting there there you know lots of people have had this debate about should you should there be like a shot clock should there be you know some sort of way that forces a player to get on with it mm. um What's your what, what's the actual rules on how long you're allowed to take? There is there's no set rule on how long a player should take over a shot. It's down to individual tournaments to enforce a good pace of play. So before players go out, normally on a tournament scorecard, there is an expected pace of play. So you are expected to finish this round in four hours twenty minutes, whatever it will be. Okay, and then it's up to the tournament to then say to players you are running behind or you need to speed this up, you're on the clock. And then if they're repeating the offence, if you want to look at it like that, right. by slow play, then they could get penalised shots. Actual shot penalties yeah, for yeah. playing slowly. But in these big tournaments, like for obvious reasons, the organisers are a little bit hesitant to do so mm. because what it would mean is that they would have to look at what Cantley was doing and say, listen, playing slow, you're on the clock. If it continued, right, okay, you got a shot penalty. But then Cantley could easily turn around and say, well, in the second round, I was playing with Kevin Nahr, whoever was playing with, I can't remember. And he was playing really slow, so why didn't he get Dr. Penalty? You've got to make sure that if you're going to do it, it's a blanket, well-organized, consistent rule yeah. application. Because if you don't, then it's open to interpretation. Yeah, like some people's, like if you were asking, if you ask Brooks, they were playing extremely slowly. If you ask someone else who plays slowly, they'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. In all fairness, I think you could have asked a glacier and he would have said <laughs> that <laughs> Cantley was playing slow, slow that day. Um, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a bit ridiculous by the end. And it was a shame as well because Hovland is one of those characters, is one of those players that people naturally would have rooted for mm. and would have made it more exciting. But he obviously didn't play well and 
playing with Cantley definitely. I would say in the very, very minimal defence to Cantley, that course was actually playing quite tough, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah if it takes it if it takes you more shots to get the ball in the hole, you're going to take longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah, and he was taking so many shots. Um, it was brutal mm. at times. Yeah. Um, it was probably the... Because what you want at Augusta, and literally what people want to see, is they want to see the charges being made by players behind the leaders. They want to hear those roars mm-hmm. echoing through the pine trees. Mm. They want that feeling of anticipation. They want the knowledge that if a player is putting out on 10, they could hear a roar from down on 12. Yeah. They can hear if someone eagles on 13, they're going to hear it on 15 and they're going to wonder what's going on. Yeah, because you, there's no, but again, you've not got your phone with you, so you can't check what's yeah. going on on the other holes. So you're like, oh my God, something amazing just happened over there. And now I just have to wait a few minutes while they adjust this, the you know the board or whatever. So you're like, that's what you want. And mm. I don't feel we. Yeah, it just, it just didn't quite yeah. kind of happen. There was a lot of. I would say there was a lot of appreciative applause for fantastic lag putting uh, throughout. throughout. Oh, that was very tactical. Yeah. Well really good golfers claps. Going yeah, around. exactly. It's just, yeah, good golf. But the course was playing much tougher and it didn't really allow that many birdies. But, well, I mean, you obviously had Phil had a great last round. He had to yeah, yeah. You know, make these charges. Yeah. It, it was out there, but it did seem... A little bit tougher but than they just the those guys. Years. They just came from too far back, didn't they? We needed yeah. that kind of round from someone in that six five under kind of range, and it mm. just didn't just didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, at one point there was a lot of people at six under. Hey, I saw more Russell Henley than I've ever seen before, so that was nice. <laughs> Who? Hey, <laughs> oh, poor Russ. <laughs> Russell Henley, <laughs> never heard Buyer. of him. Never Ball heard of striker, him. never heard of him. He's a good player. He definitely got a little bit a little bit overlooked um, in the coverage. I, I, I like how he plays. Aims left, cuts across himself. Nice little cut in there. Yeah. Great putter. Fan of that? Yeah, I do. Great putter. Okay, good. Um, very good putter. But he, he's just a bit, he's very much like a uh, picture perfect tour pro as far as like super clean, just a little bit. He just, he just didn't quite put himself in that contention yeah. To, yeah. to really get people on board with him. But yeah, well, good for him. Good finish. Um, I think the only magic really that stood out for me was Sahith Thagala's chip him Tiger yeah, that was nice on 60. So good. yeah it was so good like apparently he went like he went through the back at uh, his tee shot on 16 and like you know patrons were not allowed to call them fans or spectators had to like part and he apparently someone said to him in the crowd said oh do it do it like Tiger would have done it and he was like oh okay good lord <laughs> and then he literally does it and you're like yeah. wow like Super, super cool, very magic. And um, like you said, like one of the only moments that, or particularly for him, like someone who has professed that he's he's like super humble. He he, he said, yeah, like, I don't know if I should really be like a top 30 player in the world, but you know, I'll, I'll take it. Like mm. he just enjoys himself. Looks like he always has a smile on his face. So I was, I, was, I was excited to see that. Very, very magic. The only other piece of magic, which again, wasn't like super, super exciting really, unless you go back and watch it and realize how good it really was, was that ram out of the trees 14 uh, 14 yeah. yeah that was class that was like a that was like a i can see like him explain him and his caddy explain it right i'm just gonna try and hit a little bit of a fade out of these trees i need to keep it low i want to run it up and then just have it come around mm. the and you know then then it happening yeah it, it just showed how much control he had yeah. over his game at that point and i kind of think the t-shot 13 
not exactly won it for him, but it, it certainly moved him in the right direction. That, for me, was just a sign that he was never going to let it yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, he he, but he wasn't forced to be overly creative because he didn't spend a lot of time in the trees. He's just, he just good. Yeah. Just, just played a really solid round of I golf. Have a, I have a question about 16, and yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm not alone on this unless I was being completely oblivious, but why the hell on the last round was everyone going at the pin and not using the slope? Not a clue. Okay, right. Have they, not, not, just have they not seen the highlight reels? Uh, have from they Augusta? not watched the Masters before? I don't understand <laughs> what they were doing. But have you guys been here before, for God's sake? It, it was a little bit confusing. So I don't know if the way they set the tease up was a bit different, if the wind was in a direction where it was pushing shots a little bit further left than they expected. Yeah. But yeah, to be honest, it was... I didn't, I just, that, and I, that's one of the things, it sounds quite sad, but I actually kind of, not not even looking at the leaders or anything like that, I love 16 on the final day because you know mm. there's a hole-in-one opportunity to come. And yeah. no one was trying to do it. Ryan no. Fox gave the best effort, yeah. which was a brilliant shot. But. Well, like when the commentators say, and okay, let's go to 16. You're like, like yes. ah, right, yes. okay, what's, yes. what's going to happen? Something's, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was quite good. You know, they just going. see what they're going to do. They're going to land it on that slope, run it down and... No one was just going straight at it over the bunker where there's not much of a landing zone yeah. and then running it past. It's like it, it it did seem quite strange. Anyway. It did seem a very weird, weird way to approach it. Especially like I said, you know, everyone knows what you probably should do on that hole. So yeah. and it's an easier shot. Yeah. To hit it out. <laughs> yeah, there's a big fat hit, part of the yeah. green over there. <laughs> to hit it out to the right is an easier shot than to go at that pin yeah. where it is. It, it it didn't really make a lot of sense. But yeah, it, again, the conditions could have played. Yeah, I was going to say the only thing that, that maybe plays into that is that maybe there was a lot of wind that we couldn't see because the weather was so odd this weekend. Like there was a... a a kind of hot sunny day mm. and then a like rainy one and then every and then everyone was like wearing hoodies and stuff so maybe we we're seeing the results of people trying to hit that shot but the wind pushing it you know 15 yards left uh, was it the thing is though like over the last few years certainly since i've been watching the masters like the weather is getting more and more Iffy. kind of inclement at mm. this time of year. Do you know the only time when the weather wasn't like that was when it was um, in November? Yeah, when DJ... Yeah, it was perfect, wasn't it? Uh, well, maybe they need to move the tournament. Yeah, I, I think having the Masters as that, that starting major for me is it's still... Nice, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say it's essential, but for me, it, it's important. You know, it, it just it feels like the season starting. Sets the tone. Would they, could they move it outside of April? I don't want them moving it to that November one. No. Because like you saw, DJ just ripped it up. And I don't want Augusta to be like that. I, I think moving it to the end of April, potentially even the start of May, just you to give it a bit more time. You can't guarantee good weather anywhere. No, but... but if it's going to be like it was in November every year in Augusta, in Georgia... Maybe uh, they just yeah, need I'll, to I'll move take the tournament to... California. I take that. I <laughs> just shift Augusta. I take that over rainy season Augusta any day of the week. Yeah, I think with where that is in the world, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a meteorologist. meteorologist. Yeah. Um, but just by anecdotal experience, the the wet the seasons do seem to be changing a little bit. Where certainly in the UK and pretty much elsewhere that I, that I know about, is that where you would see. April being really nice, it's still a bit wet, and yeah, now like, it's moving later on. So right. like October in the UK is always like a pretty crap month until like the last yeah five six years is actually getting much better. Nice bit of global warming for you there. Yeah, shifting stuff around, climate change. <laughs> so could it be moved 
could it be moved to start in May? What if it was the last major of the year? No, mm. no. I and mean, you're like, everything's I building. Like, and I, like, then you've I like the Open being the last I, one. Mm, I think okay. that's one of the things. I, I mean, they changed the order of them. So the USPGA used to be the last major of the year. And then a few years ago, they shifted that. So the Open, uh, British Open, is the last tournament, uh, last major of the year. And I actually like, I do like it. Yeah, so I, I think it feels... Like a build. Yeah, it feels a real good build up to it. I think that the... The USPJ does have its own space now, so which is obviously in May. So you know, shifting the Augusta there is a little bit of a tricky, tricky spot. But yeah. I think the order that they've got the majors in is good. It's just if they can potentially move it a little bit later on, just to give it a bit more of a chance. But honestly, I, I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. Like <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Are you not? Thing is, the next next year that it might just be absolutely yeah. glorious for four days, yeah, and it's just you, you don't know. But but then also like the it. it plays a little bit into the debate of like um should they be doing something to make the game harder for the pros like the weather is like the course is difficult mm. but then like the weather also adds the weather is one of the main defenses of you know the links courses that the open is played on because the wind has such a massive effect on on flight and you know club selection and control and all those things so like it's not a terrible thing that it was you know some strange weather but it's also not great for us to watch it because oh, it, it's no. well it, we don't <laughs> we didn't get to watch <laughs> it get to see, yeah i mean it, the that's way the only problem the way the course flooded on saturday i mean oh, wow, i've, I've yeah. never ever seen what it like that earth? i bet the i bet they were like uh that needs resolving you see but, the green on on uh 12 yeah it's just waterlogged by the way a massive shout out to the greenskeeping team there who yeah. managed to get that course in the condition they got it on the sunday like the balls weren't even picking up mud on the fairways when they were when they were pitching in. Mm. It was unbelievable how they tried they managed to get it after that. Hair dryers. It's that irrigation oh, system, just, isn't it? It must be unreal. Under that course there must be a network of drainage tunnels. Yeah. It must be like the <laughs> London sewage system under that course by now. Just uh, there's, there's probably some poor spot in Augusta where <laughs> pe- people it. wake up in the morning and say, where, where has this lake just come from? Yeah. <laughs> what has just happened here? They've just squeegeed it all the way <laughs> off the golf course. All, all downhill. <laughs> it was absolutely unreal. I didn't actually get it in that condition. Um, so, yeah. Would they move it? No, I don't think so. Um, what do we think of uh, Sam Bennett? Great story. I mean, if he's swinging like that in five years' time, he might be going the Zalatoris route and being surgery, I think, because his back is getting <laughs> into a, some position. It's, it's a big bend, isn't it? Oh, my. Yeah, he, um, um, so dissect, yeah. That, dissect that swing for us, Pete, as someone who knows Would you coach that, Pete? Yeah. Uh, so if you've not seen the Master, you've not seen Sam Bennett swing, you probably the closest... Closest comparison is probably going to be Joachim Neiman. Yeah. Oh, so yes. Currently players. Yeah. yeah. So coming through the ball, his kind of lead hip his left hip is so far behind him and so far out of the way that he can maintain his right arm being bent all the way through impact it it helps if you can get in that position to stabilize the face but you are right it is it is a movement that puts so much pressure on like your hips and your spine it's like, remarkable oh, how he gets there really like what he's what he is going to be like in in 10 years it's an open question because this is a. I'm not going to say that it it's only happened in the modern era, but that type of hip movement, that type of pressure that they're putting on their backs, it does seem to be becoming more and more of a commonplace thing. 
mm. with the younger golf pros because mm. they have the athleticism to train their bodies to swing like that and they're getting into those positions more and more common and it is allowing benefits as far as what it can do to the golf swing what it can do to ball flight and all the rest of it performance but the long-term effects of it like yeah. that's what we don't really know yeah yeah and now he's going to go from playing four rounds of golf which is also incredible for an amateur to get through played amazing only amateur to make the cut so that's quite nice for him to, <laughs> to be nice. leading amateur he's yeah. like i can shoot whatever i like yeah, now I'll and i'm just, still going to get into I'll that just hack it around and enjoy exactly. myself but then he's to say that he's going to have to go play 36 holes the next day that's six holes uh, six days of golf yeah that's what happens when you're playing a college team and you got you know they're going to play do you play at texas uh, Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah, so he's now they've got they've got a match coming up. He's got to go and grind, brother. Did you see when they were getting in, in the presentation when um, Jim Nance was sort of doing his dialogue about Sam Bennett, and then he said something like, "Oh, and it's so good to see a guy who's like still at school or whatever." And J John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler's faces, they like both Ooh. wins. Like, oh, you're still at college, aren't you? Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're really young. <laughs> They were like they could. It was almost like they'd forgotten that he was, which kind of is yeah. probably a good indictment to him in that like he just acted so much like a yeah. pro, and they just didn't realise this guy's still an amateur. He's still mm. at school, very very mature, very yeah. grown up. Got a bit of cocky about him as well, yeah. to be fair. Have to though, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. got to back you yourself. Get, you don't get to that point without no. being like that a little bit. Never forget though that Jordan Spieth was younger than Bennett when he won That's his first true. Masters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But you think about like he, was quite, he was quite good, wasn't he? Come back to us. He was quite good. <laughs> Please be be who you used to be. Jordan, Come back to us. Jordan, return. Oh my God, that um, well, I was trying to find the picture again when Spieth hit it into the water. I think it was on the second round. He on thirteen, he was going for like that ridiculous shot out of the trees, and he was chatting to Mike Grello's caddy all the way, like explaining all these shots, all these <laughs> options, and you could see that Mike was like. You just lay up, just yeah, lay up, just, just, just lay up. It, just yeah. chip it out. And he was talking himself into it, talking himself into it, hit it into the water, and Mike Grell just like hands him a ball <laughs> out of his pocket, just like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. What I've are had, you doing to me? I had it ready. Even uh, I was watching it with uh, Carly, my, my missus, and she doesn't really watch a lot of golf. And <laughs> they were, I think they were walking over the uh, the bridge at 12, and like the background mics were just hearing Jordan speak. Oh, I saw that bit. Yeah, and he yeah, just yeah. Chat, chat, was, chat, chat, was that chat, on chat. the last round? Yeah, because he. I remember he hit his shot and he put it to about fifteen feet or something. So it was a good shot, and he'd hit this ball, and he. Oh, I hate when this course is playing soft. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. It was just, just chatting, 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 and like Carly turned around and said, "Does he always talk this much?" <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yep. yes, yes, he does. He does. He never shuts up. I was like, "Oh God, it was so funny." Um... I mean, I think from from Sam Bennett, obviously being unexpected up there on top and um, near the top of the leaderboard, obviously faded away a touch. A few players who didn't fade away, who managed to stick around, anti fade away, some would say. Yes, and drawn towards the uh, top of the leaderboard, some would say. Sucked up. Um, are three lift players in the top six? Yeah. Um, admittedly, probably not the most popular. I was going to say the three most likable <laughs> live golfers of all time. So you had uh, Brooks and Mickelson, who were tied second in the end, and then you had Patrick Reed up there as well. Yeah. Now, obviously, these are all golfers who are major winners. Uh, Mickelson Reed obviously won the Masters before mm -hmm. uh, courses that they know really well. But for me, it certainly added something to the week 
to have players from rival tours competing against each other. Think what you want about, you know, live and if you like it and not, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of leaning towards not really liking it, but it did add something to have that element to it. Yeah, the for rival sure. tours yeah. going at each other. And I think that if you look at what they've done, they're going to get world ranking points for these major finishes. Good. They will get major starts from finishing so high up in a major as well, like guaranteed, even though they've, they've won majors before. So they'll have yeah, those guys starts. are okay. But. <laughs> but having those top finishes, it does open up that kind of question of, well, you know, these guys aren't getting world ranking points for their live play at the moment. Is this something that should be looked at? Is it time to kind of reassess how players are ranked? Because you, on the face of it, you've got to say it's not fair that if you are playing a certain level of golf that you're not getting up there in the world rankings. It kind of makes the world ranking system a little bit not fit for purpose, potentially. Well, it, like, like why would why would we trust something that has... is is be, the evidence doesn't support like if you were a scientist and you were like trying to do an experiment and the outcome was completely against what you thought was going to happen you would be like oh okay yeah, maybe i've got it wrong and i should mm. reassess how i think about this if if the world ranking points don't suddenly go oh wow we should offer these guys at least something or we need to change our formula or something needs to change because the top out of the top six half of them were from a tour which now you know it is going to be around it's it's mm. a, a thing that's going to happen and we you know we're kind of living in the in the kind of development era of that tour and you know still talking about and we're, i don't know whether i like it or not whatever it's going to be here they need to work out a way to include those guys because if they come in and you know win one of these tournaments like what the the, the rankings are just are not yeah are not a direct reflection of the evidence of the weekend yeah i, I I, I try and go out my way to disagree with you, but I think you're right. Um, I mean, I, I understand the arguments against Liv. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. and, and like I said, I'm I'm kind of favouring one side of the fence about it. But it seems weird that you can have players of an obvious quality not being ranked higher in the world game because of the tour that they play on. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. it's 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 yeah it is tricky i think obviously because the fact that you've got one tour is not playing four rounds and not making a cut they feel like there's a segregation between the two and you yeah. can't replicate you can't put them together there's something that you can't say oh well they're not completing <laughs> a proper round of a proper tournament or whatever it might be yeah. i mean you know again on the flip side of that you wouldn't have said that reed or mickelson were top 50 players coming into this week they weren't playing of that caliber already. Yeah. So I I don't have a I don't have a feeling of like oh well these guys are now top twenty golfers. Yeah. Because yeah. you know anyone can put together a seven under eight under round. No disrespect to the two of them. <laughs> anybody. I can. Anybody. <laughs> well, no, no but like, I mean I mean like any of the anyone of them. Any, yeah. any professional golfer. <laughs> like, <I'm> like <laughs> yeah, put me out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna score eight under. <laughs> Put me in Cantlay's position. I've won the green jacket, basically. Yeah. Let's be completely honest. <laughs> but yeah, it is right. Like it feels odd, and it's someone like Brooks. Like Brooks showed that he's not he's not hundred something in the world or something stupid. He jumped now. up big time after that win. So it's yeah. Not they win, need to, they know. need to find a way of how they balance it out, and it's going to be it whether they just say, look, it doesn't matter. They're just going to get world ranking points for doing for playing in the live events. 
which is probably the best way to do it because I don't really see how they can go about it. Yeah. They can't. I don't think if they start making it that there's like half points of oh well, it's not a four round tournament, yeah. so you only get half. So you, get, you get seventy five percent of the points you would have got normally. But or... then the other thing is as well is that you know because they've gone to the live tour, they've wanted to go because they don't. Or one of the reasons supposedly is because they want to play less golf. Mm. So they're not going to play as many tournaments as the guy who's on the PGA Tour if the PGA Tour guys decide to play as many as they want. So they are going to drop down the rankings anyway if they got full points because they're not winning as much and they're not earning as many points all the time. Okay. So there's just a it's 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 a really tricky blend I think for them yeah. at the minute. And I think that for me I think the only reason why they haven't done it is because they just don't know what to do. Yeah, they're like <laughs> I don't think it's like a, oh we don't want to. They've stuck their they've stuck their foot in the ground a little bit and decided that no we're not going to allow the points. But actually when you sit around a board table I don't think actually anyone's coming with like <laughs> yeah, a, they're like does anyone know any reasons <laughs> what why are we doing not? Yeah, what yeah. are we doing here? These guys are right up the top of this. Doesn't Brooks's exemption run out soon? 2024 potentially i'm not sure I'm yeah not but sure. like playing in the masters yeah oh no I, because he's got oh no maybe his maybe his um did he win the u.s open yeah yeah it, maybe that still counts him in but like you know what i mean like what if you know if they don't get the points and these players then you know aren't high enough in the world rankings to get into the masters you're not going to have those guys there who you know are in the top six it's mm. not an accurate accurate representation of the best golfers in the world. You can't say the best golfers in the world are here because some of them aren't. Yeah, I mean, it it, it will if thing if things carry on like they are doing at the moment, it will get to that point. Mm. It will get to that point where you look and say, well, why isn't Brooks here? Mm. Why isn't DJ here? Yeah, DJ would have torn this up, or you know, yeah. like if 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 what if he was here? Yeah, yeah. So it it will get to that point, but you know. <laughs> There, there are a lot of smart people about who could who could figure it out if there is a a will to actually do that. Talk about wills. Hit me. Will Zalatoris. Oh, poor Will. Poor um, guy. Yeah. I'd, so Will Zalatoris, <laughs> like unreal last year, um, and one of I think probably the brightest talents kind of out there in golf had an injury. And has had to add an operation. So, I'm, I'm 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 right in saying that he's had basically an operation to fix a herniated disc. Yeah. Yeah. So he has, has he has it fused or? Yeah. I I read his um his like announcement tweet or whatever yeah. it was. Like, his retirement tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Safe. I'm, I'm not going to be here for the rest <laughs> of the year. Um. Yeah. And it was. It does sound like he's had some sort of operation on his back, and that things are looking good post operation. So that's very good to hear. Mm, he's out for the season, but he's literally said, "Not coming back. I'm. I'm not going anywhere." And, yeah. I mean that. that I, uh, so it's I mean, not a common thing in golf. No, you don't. You don't see these. I'm out for the season tweets. Like this is a football thing. This yeah. is an NFL thing. This is a basketball thing. Yeah. It's like yeah, exactly. I mean, golf generally is a sedate more relaxed sport where big major injuries don't happen that often yeah so to see it kind of happen again to a golfer who let's face it does put their spine and their back through a lot of stress as yeah, they he's swing. another one isn't he yeah you know and again i'm not i'm not a biomechanics expert so i'm not going to kind of wade in there's going to be a lot of people who say yes it's because of the way he's swinging is why he's got his injuries and i'll there'll be people kind of swinging and saying no it's not mm. so it's just a shame because he's such a good golfer and he's he's a likable guy as well yeah you know he's one of those people who i do actually root for do you yeah. think it do you think that it's going to necess necessitate a like swing rebuild in order to 
you know, like, you know, when Woods came back post back surgery and you were like, swing looks a little different. Like he was, I have to, I've had to change very slightly how I swing it because mm. my body can't do those things anymore. You think that's going to be the case for Zalatoris as well? I mean, potentially if, if, if it is traced back to how we swing in and is a swing based injury, then he probably won't have a choice. Um, you saw, you've seen it a little bit with Jason Day. You know, he's had back issues and he's changed the way that he's swinging to relieve some of that pressure. So it is possible. Um, but Salatoris' swing is unique. Like, it, it's not something which you see with a lot of players. So to change something that extreme, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be tricky. But whatever happens, you know, I just... I just want him to come back. Yeah, yeah. Do you you want a slightly hot take, a mild take? Oh, God. I think this might be the best thing that could have happened to him. Wow. And I don't, the reason I say that, the reason I say that is because this is going to give him a lot of time to practice his (laughs) buttons. (laughs) I, I don't think that's going to help. I don't, I don't think that amount of time out is going to give him any kind of help at all. Maybe that's maybe maybe this is the, the you know because you know when Woods was out and he was like you know I've chipped and putted a lot because like that's all I can do. Well, well, <laughs> I really thought you were gonna say like you know he's gonna start to think about his game. <laughs> he's gonna like get into that right mindset. Oh, no. He's gonna like literally just to practice his short game. Look, get that wobbly strike out of your game. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's going anywhere. The wobble city. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I like him because he's like he's he's, just he's got a bit of a human wild. element to him. He's a bit wild. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like he struggles um, with his putting. Like, like, it's the most relatable thing in golf ever to be nervous over a three-foot putt. There's like there's different guys, isn't there, like throughout the years when the cameras were cut to someone. So like when you had like Mickelson had to play a really floppy, loopy shot over a bunker or something and you're just waiting for something great to happen. Mm. When you turn to <laughs> Will Zalatoris on, on the TV and he's over like a two-footer and like, you're just sat waiting. Like, you're like tensed and <laughs> wincing. Let's see the wobble. This is going to get wild. Um... The only the only other kind of big with uh, uh, the other the other big withdrawal story is Tiger, mm. but wasn't however good. that was twenty third consecutive cut. He's now tied for the record, I believe. Um, like unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. I mean, as a golfer, as a swing, as a performer, he still got it. It's just so, it was a tough watch. It was a tough watch seeing them injured. Um, just almost unable to walk. Yeah. And it, it, it just, it was, I think the whole golfing world was looking at that and everyone felt just a bit sad. Like they, they just felt like the moment in time where you're watching like one of your heroes, one of the best golfers who've ever played the game, arguably the best, reaching a point where can't walk mm. on a golf course yeah that's horrible you know like when you're you know I've, I've never had a pet dog but you know when your pet dog starts to get really old and you're like <laughs> what? Gonna, have to, gonna have to put this down at some point we put in woods down <laughs> yeah. you two are getting so dark today on some of these takes my god it, no you're, you're, you're right it was it was kind of hard to watch him limp and struggle and not be able to bend down and pick mm. the ball out of the hole but you're you're like we, then also you're like there could also be some magic at some point. So yeah. you're, you're, I was still glued to it, even though it was hard to mm. watch. Well, we, we spoke about it last week, and I think Kieran might have mentioned how, what could be the favour of Woods for, for going into the Masters? What kind of tee times will be good so he can avoid, you know, wh- how can he get his body into the best shape 
this weather would have been not disastrous great. on yeah. his body. Yeah, the list of things that he didn't want to happen yeah. all happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there was they made reference to it, to it quite a lot, and I've seen a couple of tweets from other guys that have had sort of reconstructive surgery completely on their body, and how badly that reacts to, to cold weather is it's um, i mean i remember watching the 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 Ryder cup in in paris at golf national and they made mention to it then because that was when he came back from the first time yeah there was at the back and how cold weather reacts to those reconstructed parts of the body and it just wasn't you could see how i mean he was he was in real trouble wasn't he <laughs> he I, couldn't like, say he couldn't walk yeah well I, when um when he withdrew um southern hills who was playing with him because there was a there was a news article I saw a tweet. I can't remember who he was playing with him, but they said that he withdrew from Southern Hills because one of the screws in his leg broke, oh. broke through his skin. Ooh. Is Ow. it worse than we think it is? I, I think it is. I I'm, think it's much, it must be much worse than what we're seeing. Well, you would say that with Tiger, a lot of people, when they saw him limping, like a lot of people were obviously like just really sad. A few people were saying, oh, he's just playing up to it. But then stories, come, but then stories come out like saying he played... He had to withdraw for something else because, like, a screw came through his leg from his broken bones. And you will talk about someone who had a broken leg and um, still yeah, won a yeah, major. Exactly. You know, we're talking about someone here who, for me, does not pull out of a tournament, does not play possum, like, with an injury. If he's hurt, he's hurt. Yeah. That That's that's the, the viewpoint that I have of it. You know, I think I'm right. I might not be. So... If he's going to pull out of a tournament, if he's limping that badly, he was obviously in a lot of pain. It's just, oh, it's just so sad. Yeah, but like the the um, the fact that him and Phil, like one of them had basically had one leg, and one of them is fifty two years old, and they both of them still wiped the floor with McElroy this weekend is absolutely <laughs> unreal. Oh, Rory, 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 Rory. What the- are we going to do with you? There was there was just something in his gait uh, this week that just inspired absolutely zero confidence. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. he was coming in so nicely as well. Like he'd played so well at the match play. Only obviously he took taken the week off for the Texas Open. Everyone was feeling good. He put the new putter in the bag. Yeah, the short, driver, short of the driver shot. He was driving it well. He was still. Uh, I think he was still. Despite two rounds of golf, I think he was still top two shots of um, strokes gained shots off the tee. Yeah, I mean, that, that's never going to go away. But from. it's just he. Oh, yeah, it's just so. It's, again, it, it just left with a feeling of being a little bit hollow by it because every year that he comes in when he's playing great golf, like the expectations obviously rise. But the biggest problem, I think, maybe is the expectations for him. Mm. Like personally, probably get so high. That it's obvious it is obvious now that it has become like a big mental block. There yeah. is a barrier here that's just not allowing him to play how he obviously desperately wants to. Mm. I think uh, I think you tweeted something after he was knocked out that was I think runs quite true. And I think he needs to go win a different major. I think he needs to win another one. Yeah, even maybe two. That's interesting. Yeah, and get, just trying to just like get just the get ball rolling back into a little it bit. again. Yeah. yeah, I think he's almost like. I mean, he obviously competes at the top of most majors every year. We saw that with the Open last year. He he just needs to get that winning major feeling back. I think mm. because he's I, every time he comes to this Masters, he might. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not inside his head, but like 
I would imagine he would feel there is this kind of like, this is the major, and then mm. the others are other tournaments I've won, and I've won them before, and I can win them again. And you see that in his performance. Yeah. And I, now it's just it's just in him now, isn't it? Just, just a, It's just belief. Yeah. You, know, you, it, you don't have to be an elite performing athlete to understand that if you believe in yourself, that if you trust what you're doing the chances are you're more likely to succeed. Yeah. If you go into any situation with that scar tissue and with the kind of almost not exactly understanding, but more of a resignation that this might just not be possible, the chances are that is going to manifest itself yeah, yeah. and you're not going to win. Mm. Like If you go into a tournament and you absolutely believe that you deserve to win it, that you can win it, the chances are that you you have a much better chance. It was yeah. like when Sevy won. Yeah. Sevy won one of his masters and like one of his friends made him a, an audio uh, tape as it was a cassette back then. Oh, wow. <laughs> and what's that? he... he <laughs> <laughs> what's that? It's, imagine, you know, it's not even an MP3, is it? Whatever it is now. A WAV format. Um, <laughs> made him... Made Sevy a recording of commentary when his friend was basically pretending to be a commentator at the masters. And he was describing exactly how Seve had won the Masters. And he described his walk up the 18th, the adulation of the crowd, and that feeling and that moment when Seve would get that green jacket. And Seve listened to it, listened to it, listened to it before he got to the Masters. And he said it was actually, um, I think he's in his autobiography actually, he's saying it was actually a little bit of an anticlimax when he won that <laughs> Masters because he already knew he was going to win. He listen, listened to it so much, he listen, knew he I was like going that. to be the champion. Listen, the importance of the mental game cannot be understated. Like oh. the the we've seen it we've seen it in Rory, we've seen it in in reverse in other people who who have just believed themselves to victory. Like Bob Rotella and the kind of understanding of the and Joseph Parent, the understanding of the mental game has has done wonders for golfers all over the world, particularly at at the kind of normal, you know, mid to high handicap level where you're like, okay, cool. You've got to put aside the maybe slightly failed shot that you just had and just like forget about it. Like Ram said, you know, mm. he he quoted Ted Lasso and said yeah. you've got to have a you gotta you think like a goldfish. You've yeah, got to be, be a, a goldfish. goldfish. Yeah. Um, and Rory just didn't have it. Like he, you could see in his brain that he was still thinking about the, he flew the green and then on his next tee shot, you could tell he was still thinking about he'd hit it too far or, you know, it's just the mental game is so important and it's just some, it's the only bit that he hasn't got currently because <laughs> he can hit the ball far. He can hit the ball straight if he needs to, he can shot shape. He can, you know, his putting's got better since the new part has come into the bag and the only thing he hasn't got is the belief in himself yeah. or the kind of understanding that the mental game is actually the bit he's lacking on. I, I, I think he's self-aware enough to know yeah, he, that I, he's I, not quite there to actually, you know, he's not psychologically strong enough in this department to actually get over the line in the Masters. He's obviously mentally strong enough to win golf tournaments because he's continually doing it. Mm -hmm. So if he can get another major under his belt, I think that belief will be a little bit stronger. And it's it, it's not so much with Rory. I don't think it's so much that he he doesn't believe he can win because I think he does because he's an elite athlete and everybody knows that. It's more having that trust in himself that he can get over the line again in these big events. 
So, you know, we talk about um, Bob Rotella. There's a, a book kind of Fearless Golf. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, what is that? Valen, Valenti? Doctor. Valent, well, Doctor something, something. We'll put it um, in there. We'll put it. Yeah, we'll, yeah. It'll come up on the screen, a picture of it. Gio Valenti, I think, um, okay. which I read a while ago. But also with, with Rory, he's, um, there's a book called Ego is the Enemy, which kind of is talked about quite a lot. Right. But all that and kind of Ego is the Enemy and those kind of books are about, it's not so much tricking yourself it's more about putting in the work and believing based on past experiences and victory right so if he has the win say in any of these next three majors maybe grab a couple again let's hope Mm -hmm. if he can do that then he has something very very recent to draw upon got you so it's not like going into the Masters because he, he he does this every year where he says something different, like he tries something different, mm-hmm. like he switch put he literally switch putters a few weeks ago and everybody knew that that was because of the Masters. Like you can you can say what you want, you can say about oh he's, you know he's going into the Dell match play with it all the rest of it. Yeah, he was that trying was, to get that was the practice run for yeah, the Masters. Yeah, exactly, he was trying to get those good feelings back. So by the time he got to the Masters, his putting was on fire. That's what he was doing, but. But it takes more than that. Mm. It takes more. It takes victories. It, it takes that constant reaffirmment of being one of the best players in the world at the bigger stages to be able to draw upon that experience and win. And it's going to be hard because at the Masters, at the Open, say, if he's in contention, he can, even though the memories are a little bit distant, draw upon the fact that he has won this tournament that he knows how to get it across the line. US Open, exactly the same. USPGA, exactly the same. The Masters, as soon as he goes into his memory backs from this tournament, all he is met with is a stream of near misses yeah. and obviously a real big miscuts blow up <laughs> yeah. when he should have won it. Yeah. So it's difficult. It's I difficult. wonder, uh, shall we volunteer to record him a fake commentary of him winning for next year? Yeah. Yeah. yeah should we do it? And there he is, McElroy, walking up the 18th with a 19 shot lead on the, sec- on the second place. Can oh. I get one of you guys to record like my morning so it gets me out of bed at the right time? That would be great. <laughs> That's just one screaming at you. <laughs> get up. <laughs> Anyway. That's why I need to just go to sleep with you just being like, you will get up at eight o'clock in the morning. Yes, I will. Just set your alarm, you weirdo. I do set an alarm. Anyway, so I, I think that's probably enough of us um, <laughs> probably talking about... Harping on again to Rory. Absolute crap about what Rory's thinking. Next um, year. Next year <laughs> is is the one. I think we have to live in a reality where maybe Rory met, never wins again, but never wins a major again. Well, nah. could, that could just be... Talk, talking about him being able to draw upon memories, he's got an open venue this year that he's at, which he's already won at, so I think he'll be Absolutely. all right there. Oh, God, that'd be great. Just imagine. Just imagine if he did it, and then he'd probably win the FedEx Cup by, like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, Rory, Rory, Rory. Um, I think probably a few things to draw upon at the end of this. I think there was a few things that definitely went wrong apart from Rory. You had... And the tree. And, I mean, you had literally patrons almost getting crushed by falling trees. Like, we can't can't overlook that. And... That could have been so bad. It was just... It was lucky, first of all, that the trees fell relatively slowly so people could see. There was a couple of warning branches. There was, like, a few, like... <laughs> 
trickled yeah. and then they knew to disperse. Because if they didn't if they didn't disperse, then that could have been really bad. There was one guy who was literally in between them as they fell. Like he managed to get <laughs> in a position where they missed him, but he was in between them. No way. So and <laughs> you, know, you know in cartoons where they where the you know the building's falling and they always run uh, like away from it. And you're like, run sideways yeah. for God's sake. They, this guy didn't even do anything. He, 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 he looked, just stood there like this. Do you know what's come to mind? <laughs> Not that we reference Lord of the Rings enough in this. In the, Fire in the, a warning shot past the bosun's in ear. The, in the Return of the King, when they when they're uh, fighting on Minister and they throw that piece, and like the lead orc like stands there the whole time, and then Spits at the last it. minute goes, and again, splice it in. So that's what that, this guy did. That is definitely not what this guy did. Um, he down. he managed Form ranks. to just avoid. What are you talking about? He just managed to. Avoid <laughs> these falling trees, and it was it was lucky because those trees fell as well, like onto a part of the course where there was actually not that many people about. Like fell onto the actual hole, yeah. so it could have been. I mean, it, you know, we could have a bit of a laugh about it now, but it could have been really bad. That's the like, thing. Yeah, I'm glad we can because wow. There was a guy in the TV tower. The the trees fell just behind the. Mm. He had a, in like one of the little green camera tents mm. and you can see it land and he goes oh bloody hell what was that and he comes out of his tent and he's like oh three <laughs> trees fell down right next to me and could have killed me god honestly it could have been so much worse um but again you know the weather was was extreme so fingers crossed that's the last we kind of see of that and i think something else which really didn't didn't go well and i think was very poorly handled so you had Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize playing their last masters, you know, mm -hmm. that talked about how it was going to be their last. You had Sandy Lyle on the last green yeah. <laughs> of the second round over his last put ever in the masters and they called it. Yeah. So he couldn't put out. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So he was there. He was in front of a gallery, you know, that had gathered on the 18th, that would have given him the send-off that he deserved as a past champion, as one of the best players, certainly the UK's produced, but you know, generally one of the best global players that there's been. Yeah. And they made him come back in the morning when there was nobody For a there. Foot putt. So weird. I, I just, at least, and I understand the rules are rules, and when the horn goes, you know, you've got to get off, everyone off the course it is for safety reasons. But they had leeway. You know, giving him an extra three, four minutes on that green to put out would not have endangered anybody. No. And it was such a bad, common, bad common way. sense has to prevail at some point, doesn't it? It has to. I mean, surely, like, we all know that the Masters and the the committee there is a little bit of a law unto themselves. Like, they could do whatever they wanted to. Yeah. Like, and th they had the opportunity there to make a statement, say, Sandy, just put out. Yeah. Take the adulation, you and then we'll and then we'll blow the horn. Yeah, or even like because normally what would happen is when there's a horn blown, unless there's an immediate danger. So like if if lightning had like struck down on yeah. the 18th, it's like right, everyone needs to get off this right now. But it was a warning which was blown in anticipation of what was coming. Yeah. So what normally would happen if you blow it like that, you can be given the option to actually put out. So just give him. Just let him yeah. do it. Yeah, like it's such yeah, it, was, it was a shame, wasn't it? Let him let him put it out. Get a nice, you know, a nice clap. Take his hat off. Wave to the crowd. You know. Then he also gets that clip to you know play to, you know, it goes in his in documentary about his life or whatever. And 
Very <laughs> blended. Do you know what I mean? The pup falls and then you know what I mean. The life and times of Sandy. Lyon. But you know what? Now <laughs> that's gonna that that will be the end of be the end of the story, won't it? Like oh, the last time he played the master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. You're doing a theme tune. Yeah, it's a theme tune. That is the master's theme tune. It is, is, theme tune. It is a. It is. It, you know, it's a tournament. It is a. It is a place that allows these stories to be created. That's all. That's one of the best things about Augusta is that you get these stories because it's in a it's in a set location. It's the scene of movies which play out every single year, and they fluffed it. Yeah, they yeah. ruined that one. They they really did cock that one up. So how, how are they going to get around there when they make the biopic of Santi Lau's life <laughs> on the film? You know, it's well, just editing him actually holding it yeah. and walking off. What I would say, and again, literally no evidence to back this up, if it was Tiger's Last Masters. Uh oh. Would they have made him mark it and leave? It's a good point. Mm-mm. I don't hate it. Interesting. I, I don't think they would. Not a chance. No. Imagine if Rory was about to win it with that putt and they blew the they blew the horn decisions to come back tomorrow. That would have been dramatic. That that they well, that, probably that'll be, a, that'll be a tough sleep. That that yeah. <laughs> Just over that, you got a four foot putt to win. Yeah. Left to right down the hill. <laughs> I think I'd have Bob. I think I'd have Bob Rotella. I we'd have a sleepover and I'd get him just to speak Whispering to speak to confidence to, to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't you think will I'd go make to bed. it. You will make it, Rory. I'll be on that putting green all night. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just knocking him down. <laughs> well, there, were, there were a few uh, changes to the course. Mm. Um, especially the 13th TB moved back 50 yards into that little... This is, again, this is one of the mental things about Augusta. Like They literally made that tee which was new, shifted back 50 yards. They'd moved the road to get that in. Yeah, didn't they buy the land behind it? Yeah. yeah. I think they literally bought half of Georgia to move this tee back 50 yards. They're buying land every year, aren't they? Yeah. Just, just getting more and more and more. Yeah. And they managed to make it look like it had been there for 500 years. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and generally, what did we think? As if it made the hole better or worse? Yeah. Um, I think I think better. I do think better. Um, it certainly made it more of a, is it a two shot or a three shot? Yeah, I liked, yeah. I liked the debate that people were having. And then you had someone like Ram who hits a great tee shot off it and then is, a, is then warranted for hitting his second shot into, the, into that green. Mm. Yeah, there was a couple of times where that happened where you're like, oh, okay, that tee shot, yeah. now, now you can go for it. I think Hovland maybe had one in the first round. Um, but then there was a few people who, you know, their tee shots weren't quite as good, and they're like, right, okay, cool. Now I do have the layup. Mm. What know. did you not think? As, not as keen. Again, I think maybe because of what was happening on Sunday, it didn't make it as exciting. There was a. Do you feel it made it less birdieable? Oh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, well, that's it, what they wanted. Yeah, which is exactly what they wanted, and they did make it into a much tougher approach for me. There was a lot more shots which were finishing to the left of that green, which left a really tricky chip and a putt. But yeah, I think it made it, as far as a par five is concerned, a better test. Yeah. It may have subtracted a little bit from the excitement. Yeah. Much less cutting the corner this year. Yeah, apart from Ron. You didn't see many swoops around. You didn't see many shots from in those trees. If you hit it straight and you just go into that like yeah, flurry that, yeah. into the is that the Mickelson trees? That's kind of like a yeah. you know a renowned sort of if you don't quite get that ball to draw you end up in there. Can you go for it? exactly Mickelson shot? That 
you know that that's almost an aspect as well with like 16 on the final day with being able to run it down and so that's almost like a part of augusta that i mm, kind of yeah. know on 13 if you don't quite get that draw you go into there and it makes it a bit harder was it kind like took that away was a bit. it like a 310 run out and because it was cold the ball wasn't going oh that was another thing i was going to say how relatable was it that, that they were only hitting it like 240 250 off the titty in the cold i was like oh, oh yeah when it was <laughs> cold yeah, yeah they are humans yeah but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i think it was justin thomas hit one it was 240 and i was like i can do it longer than that yeah i, I think that maybe showed about <laughs> how bad everyone else would have been if they'd have played it on that day yeah. Got 180 yeah, yeah. God, but yeah so tough. i think i think the run out because of the extended tee, the run out into those trees was like 310 or yeah. something. So Just, it took away a part of the course, which we've seen so many guys yeah. in. And it almost make it adds the element of like, oh, that's an area of the course that you don't want to necessarily be. But people find mm. themselves there. Yeah. there. There is a chance that where the tee shots were finishing, they were finishing very much on. The, there's a massive, it, again, it is one of those things where you're like, you know, the, the slopes aren't as extreme on mm. the TV as yeah. they are in real life. Where they were landing those shots if they were to hit a shot into the green, it is on a huge side slope. Yeah, yeah. That ball is miles above your feet, which is probably why we're seeing a lot more shots left. finish left. Yeah. So potentially, as the years go by and players get more and more used to hitting from that lie, then, you know, we might see a few more exciting shots. It'll just be like, you, you'll, you'll see practice rounds in the kind of early part of the year, people like practicing that lie on purpose to get yeah. ready for that shot, won't you? Yeah. So I think, I think that'll be... I think that'll be, it'll, get a bit, it'll get more exciting as people get more and more used to it. But you're just used to kind of seeing shots kind of hit the center of that green, roll around and get close, or yeah. people flight straight at it with a shorter iron. I'm not sure. I'm 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 hoping that it will get more exciting. Well, I don't think they're going to be shoving it back anymore for for a while. I think no. that this might be it for a little bit. Well, we'll see. Well, they never know. Did, with uh, all did they? Did they? Did they? They've still got the option to play from that forward tee, have they not? It's gone. They've taken it out completely. Yeah, yeah. They, they weren't even considering it. Wow. So, the, so the members are screwed as well, are they? Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure they care that much, really, about what the members think. It's um, true. They, they put the mats out. Oh yeah, yeah you got to hit it off mats. Yeah, oh yeah. god, don't talk to me Just about hitting off mats. mats <laughs> it's coming to that time of the year when the mats need to leave now, though. Yeah, it won't be too far away. No right? more mats. Um, well, I think we've I think we've chatted about Masters quite enough now. Um, we have going on this year a table and a competition between well the four of us because Kieran isn't here today. Yeah, where we picked our squads for the squads Masters. Squads like that. Uh, for the, for the majors uh, for the year. Very simple. We picked four players. Um, one of who, when we picked, had to be out of the top fifty in the world. And wherever they finish in the majors this year, that's how many points you're awarded. So, for example, <laughs> yours truly has John Rahm <laughs> captaining the team. So he <laughs> got he the got team. me little C next to his name. <laughs> he got me one point. Great, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. However, yeah. another one of your players who you know didn't do very well, fifty three points because that was the number of people who got through to the final three rounds. So the number of people who make the court, if your player misses, that's the score points. that they get. Do we have the points on us? Right, so I've got it here. Here you go. Wow, as if by magic. As if by magic. Wonderful. So we have, admittedly, Kieran did really well. 
annoyingly did, well. Annoyingly well. Like we were all giving him stick for picking Brooks um, in his team, and he finished second, which was really annoying. Well done. Um, so Kieran had accumulated points of two, ten, twenty-six, and fifty-three. Um, because unfortunately, Zalatoris, Will Zalatoris mm. is in his team, and he will, because he's out for the season, be getting basically the maximum amount of <laughs> points every tournament, which is a bit of sad. Um, Jacob, 53 53. Yeah. Who are your missed cuts? Rory and Moronk. <laughs> Rory and Moronk. For about 30 seconds at the beginning of the first round, Moronk and Hovland were two under through two. I was going to say. Rahmed four whacked on the first, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this thing. Unbelievable. Um, and then seven and 16. Yeah, uh, uh, Hovland and Tom Kim. Mick, 53. Yeah, Rob McIntyre didn't even make it to the flaming weekend. <laughs> but then, didn't 10, even make it there. 10, yeah. 10, and 16. Yeah, that's decent. very good. Extremely good. Yeah, and then I had number one. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> 34, 29, and 53. Molinari missed out by a shot. That's so annoying. Was it really only one shot in the end? Yeah, very frustrating. Oh, that's right. annoying. So Mick is currently leading with 89 points. I'm in second with 91, so very tight there. Then, no, Kieran. Oh, sorry. Kieran's Kieran, in second. Kieran is second in 91. So 89, Mick. 91, Kieran. 117 for me. And then 129 for Jacob, who's mm. bringing up the rear with his team of choppers. Rory, you let me <laughs> down. Choppers. Now, the real question is, with Zalatoris being out, mm. Kieran has brought up in the group chat that he would like the option to make a substitution. I'm sure he would. Of course he would, because otherwise... Zalatoris will be getting him maximum points yes, for the remaining majors, which we, if we were all in that situation, we would all be thinking the same. As the, you know, as captain of the rough cut team, mm -hmm. if there were a rough cut team, your name would have a C next to it. I prefer official adjudicator, but okay. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. Whatever you want. You can have whatever title you want. You, you're in charge around here, really. Okay. Um, you get to decide if at all he's allowed to make a trade because mm. he's not here to argue his case. Very true. If he's allowed to make a trade and what the uh, payment for that trade should be. Ooh. And we'll argue it out, but you'll have the final say. Okay. I mean, I think I'm going to have to have a little bit of time to think about it because we did say pretty clearly when we picked our teams that if you are picking someone who is likely to get injured you should not be rewarded for that terrible decision yeah. by getting a free hit. This is we said it about Woods. We said it about Woods. We said it about Woods. Okay. We said it about Brooks when he picked him, and we said it about Will when he picked him as well. But it was too headstrong <laughs> to listen. So quite frankly, I'm very much leaning towards letting him live with his decisions. He wow. needs to, he needs to learn. He's a young man and he needs to go up. <laughs> so you have to learn these life lessons at some point. And this might be an opportunity for learning and growth. Uh, so <laughs> I think I'm thinking no, but admittedly I've only had one coffee today. Can so, I can I put a, a a potential avenue to go forward and then we can decide. Go for it. So my my thoughts is is obviously Zalatoris was one of his like three good player picks it wasn't a, a, an outside top 50 right mm. it wasn't a while so i would be happy for him to change it but he has to take that full hit of the of the miscut again so he's got to get another 53 he's points. gonna get another 53 points or he can change Zalatoris for someone outside the top 50 for half the hit mm. that's interesting okay it's so a, it's a so, potential so he gets 53 and and 
do it now because yeah, the yeah. other majors maybe will have more people who make the cut potentially. So make him take another 53 whack. Yeah, but he can pick anyone and in he the can side, have anyone he wants. whoever he wants. Mm. See, I think that I think it's I. He definitely needs to take more points if he wants to make a trade. The, he has now the benefit of that tournament having happened, and he has the information of that tournament. Mm. So, if it, listen, if we were, oh, oh, you'd all be you'd all be all over there. Anyone in the top ten, wouldn't you? Mm. Russell Henley, get him in. Yeah. Well, listen. At the end of the day, we'll have to decide. But please let us know. Get we'll have to come those back comments. and find out. Yeah, let us know. Get down to those comments. Uh, messages on our Discord if you haven't joined there already or on their social media, whatever it may be. But I believe it is time now to draw this Masters review to a close. So like Ram on that last screen, we will look to the heavens, thank the angels for watching over us, say God bless you and good night. Join us next week. Hop over, check out the Golf Bitter Challenge. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Rough Cut Golf Podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast providers and just continue to be the wonderful people that we know you are. When we hit 10,000, it's going to be a big giveaway. We'll see you then. See you then. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 